The other side of that, it's the worst Irish defensive performance I've seen in a long, long time. The Aaron Smith, he's truly, truly wonderful player. He's one of the best players who's ever played the game. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. And this is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five. You can text us 53106. We're reflecting on Ireland's 23 12 win over New Zealand in Dunedin today with the former Grand Slam winning captain Fiona Coughlin. Just to let you know, folks, as well, England beat Australia 25 17 in Brisbane. Our rugby coverage, thanks to Vodafone. Main sponsor of the Irish rugby team, team of us, everyone in. Fiona, what a great day. Were you yelling at the TV earlier on? Yeah, it was a great morning. Um, you know, just a super win. And a turnaround, I think, you know, huge credit to the management and players, what they put in on the in the week from the last game to, to get that win over there in really hostile conditions. But it was just a really good performance. Let's hear now, uh, to start off the conversation, from Andy Farrell, the Ireland head coach, speaking at his press conference about the significance of the win and what it means going forward. We, we talk about a lot about um, uh, inspiring uh, inspiring people back home, and um, these lads they keep turning up, you know, they they keep turning up and and uh, and, and knocking down doors, and uh, you know, I suppose the 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 most special thing about tonight is that um, nobody, no no other Irish side, will get the chance to do that again, will they? You know, um, we uh, we talk about a lot. Not just about um, beating New Zealand in New Zealand for the first time, but there's a there's a series to, to, to be won. We've earned the right to, to, to have a go at that, and and there's things that's gonna happen in the future that we talk about. Somebody's gonna do something sometime soon, uh, or it might be further down the track. It might as well be in your time, you know. It might as well be in your career. Yeah, Andy, I think is pretty grounded. As was Johnny Sexton, Fiona. We can reflect after the whole tour on winning there and have a beer about it, uh, but we still have a job to do. Yeah, and look, he's very focused on going out and getting that test win. And because of that, I don't think we're going to see the changes that probably people would have liked to have seen coming into this tour, to seeing some of those younger players probably step up to test level away in New Zealand. And um, So I think he's going to very much focus on the team that went. He backed them after the first game, after not getting the performance I suppose he wanted them. Uh, only one change, and they went out and delivered today. And I'm sure he's going to back the majority of them again. Obviously, Gary Ringrose is out, but he's going to back the majority of them again going into that third test to get the series win. Well, that's what the Mary game is about, isn't it? We lost the first Mary's game and there's an impetus for the players on the fringes to win against the Marys on Tuesday. Yeah, and like we were blown out of the water in that first game against the Marys. I don't think, I think the first test, we were very much in it. I know the scoreline probably didn't reflect it, but I don't think the scoreline was a true reflection on the game and some of the performance that Ireland put in. So yeah, look, the, that Mary game, it's going to be hugely tough again for some of those fringe players that are finding their feet at, at this level. And, um, you know, obviously that eye is always on the World Cup, but they have to now deal with what's in front of them and it's that that series win. It would be just huge. Um, and, and you're looking at that whole confidence of the whole squad going forward into a World Cup year. If they get a series win away in New Zealand, like what it will do to the squad. What did it do for you when you won, say, the Grand Slam in 13? Did that inject a belief going into the World Cup the following year when you took the scalp of New Zealand reached the semi-final? Yeah, like it does. And you always, like we spoke about in life, not being a one-off and letting not being a one-off that we had to back it up again. And, and I think we did that against New Zealand, obviously bombed out and hit to, hit to England. But, you know, it's about... We, we all said even with the men's team like they can beat anyone on their day it's just about consistently doing it and at a World Cup you have to consistently perform at that level and in some ways you need a little bit of luck on your side you have to hope that players don't get injured and some of those things you just can't control 
Let's start off with Ireland's ability to disturb New Zealand's rhythm. So we did it at the start of the first half. We did it at the start of the second half. In both cases, the try scored by Andrew Porter. I think the quality of those tries was outstanding. The multi-phase play, the shape that Ireland got into was just brilliant and great to see a prop going over at yeah. the end. But like, it, you know, tight burn importance in that first try his line break and then he was involved again Matt Hansen coming in off his wing and um, Johnny Sexton just playing so flat on the game line the quality of his passes his decision making is just on a different level and um, then the second try comes off the scrum and again multi-phase play so many players involved one side to the other and Porter there to finish it off but like for him it, like I think there was a, a number of players who really stepped up their performance in the last week and he was one of them you know he was pinged in the first scrum but then his scrum was solid and steadfast and then he was busy around the park but I think it was Ireland's work at the breakdown and it was something that they looked for clarity after last week's performance about New Zealand clearing out beyond the rough coming in from the side so they were looking at clarity around that and I, I presume that they got that from the referees this week and it was something they worked on their breakdown work and retention of the ball was absolutely outstanding it's been some journey for Andrew Porter because obviously he's gone from the tight to the loose now. He played the entire game last week, fronted up again this week, one of many players who fronted up today. Yeah, look, he was loose head originally, then went to tight head and then went back to loose. A lot of changing and, you know, I, I suppose a lot of people probably don't think that's a huge significant thing, but it, it is. And some people say tight head is actually harder to play, but when you're moved back and across and you've just become comfortable in one position then to move back again, um, that's brilliant for him. But also it was great to see that they weren't kept on. I thought they were kept on too long in the first game when yeah. it was lost and um, that the bench came on, on at that 65, the front row came on at that 65 minute that that change was made. But yeah, like, as I said, Sexton was top class. Peter O'Mahony, sorry, his value in that first try, how he managed to stay in, stay, keep in of the touchline was unbelievable. And um, Doris again, you know, they're just, and tight burn, you know, out injured for a huge part of the end of the season to come back and have a performance at that level was outstanding. New Zealand's crazy in discipline, Fiona. Was that a consequence of Irish pressure, uh, them losing their heads? Because we had Leicester uh, find uh, Anuku. He should have gone, in my view, for uh, flying into Mac Hansen. Only got a yellow. Then uh, Offa Tuangavasi uh, went into the bin before uh, Angus uh, Tavo saw red for uh, clattering Gary Ringrose, who's now out of the rest of the tour. Was this Irish presser that precipitated this indiscipline? Was it just they lost their heads? Were in the, what, what, what would you put it down to? I think it was a couple of things. I don't think they got as much of a rub of the green from the refs that they probably normally have in the past and that rattled them. And then as a result, and then our, obviously Irish pressure and the momentum was with Ireland. Um, Ireland were lucky not to get a penalty try when uh, Gary Ringrose was tackled yeah. off the ball. I thought he was away and clear and should have gone in for that. And as you said, I thought that there should have been a red card first off as well. And You look at the uh, New Zealand's uh, coverage of the game and they say that it was an accidental head-high tackle for the red high red card it's just because they're not used to it being ref that way which is the right way that it should be ref anything high like that he made no attempt to get low hinge at the hips uh, he had to go go for red and then there was a whole debacle they should have been down to 12 players yeah um, for young contested scrum uh, was that yeah. clear to you when you were watching that 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 should have been the case yeah it was because of the Ireland Italy game and, and what went on there and that was injury in cards but this was a yellow card then a red card to the front row so it should, they should have been down to 12 players and even even New Zealand's own um I suppose, management of, of that situation and taking off Artie Sevea for a red card and not realising that he had to stay off, that was, I just couldn't believe that they made that error. So, you know, questions have to be asked their management around that situation as well. Ian Foster, he is under huge pressure now, isn't he? Yeah, look, he was under huge pressure before this tour. He got a bit of a reprieve last weekend. And um, even though, as I said, I don't think the scoreline really gave a true reflection of the game. But yeah, he is. And look, 
maybe this this isn't the vintage New Zealand team that that has been there in the past, and uh, other teams are catching up. And but he's under huge pressure, and I think that's why obviously Schmitz and the likes are in as selectors. But he's uh, their questions will be asked. But we're only a year and a bit out from a World Cup. Like, do you change your coach then? I this is New Zealand. Bit. New Zealand have no patience. Like this, this is the Kerry football. Like you're expected to win the World Cup, and that's it. Like losing a World Cup final is failure for New Zealand. So if they're losing a Test series to Ireland and they haven't lost it yet, but. Um, <laughs> You know, at, at home, I, and I think the manner of the performance as well today—it was a very poor performance. Um, I don't think they really ever looked in the game, even though they had a huge amount of possession. They had like fifty odd percent possession, but it was where they had it, and like even their try they scored—it was just kind of against the run of play. A bit of luck, it bubbled out the side of the rook, and Barrett nudged it through and got got down. Like they didn't really create much, and that's because Ireland didn't make as many mistakes. Uh, as last week. Now, Ireland will ask questions of themselves of why they didn't score more in that period when it was 15 against 13 um, and they really needed to be more ruthless and, and going forward need to look at why they didn't score. Did they look just to go wide too quickly? Should they have hit it up and then look to go wide? But, you know, Ireland have still more to go for, uh, go from this one and today's win. So, confident. I think they'll be confident but know that they've more to work on. Well, that's a great thing to do because they're not going to be in a lull into a false sense of security when there's an obviously a backlash coming next weekend. Um, yeah, that is just that that uh, like Jakob Piper. Like I, I felt he was obviously soft. He should have sent off a player. Should have given a penalty try. Had to. Like it was obvious he had to send off then uh, Tavo. Um, but the, like the the rules around the contested scrums. Like you know, this is in the rule book. I, I just couldn't get my head around. Oh, listen. Uh, there's so many laws. To be fair to the referees, but I think he should have been helped by his his. AORs and his fourth and fifth official around substitutions and who was coming on and coming off and things like that and you know it's in the heat in the moment and they have to know so many laws like to be fair but the fact that it happened in the Six Nations it was reviewed so much around then that um, I, I thought it would have been just a hot point and something that everyone was kind of aware of Will Ireland then feel that they're going to get a fair deal next week? The fact that it was clear that New Zealand got away with it. New Zealand in the past have got away with it, but today they didn't. Will that actually help Ireland next week? Because if the game is playing on the edge? Uh, look, you, you never know from one week to the next. Barnes is refereeing next week, isn't he? Um, you just never know. And as I said, you need a bit of a, a look, look in games and you need momentum to go your way. And um, they will just hope, they'll probably bring, both sides bring clips to the referees and look for clarity around certain situations. And, and I'm sure there will be more clips that they'll be looking for clarity around just to improve their own game and try and control what they can control. But um, yeah, look, I, I don't think they're going to, like the focus on, on today, the win, but they'll be more focused on what they need to improve on themselves going towards next week and not try and leave it into the hands of the referee. We won't be doing Razzie videos then, okay. Um, <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't advise it. Okay. Uh, so once Ireland got that foothold in the second half, we were as composed, I felt, in the second half as we were jittery in the first half. I thought there was a real calmness in the second half. Um, you know, everyone just looked really comfortable. We never looked really stretched at any time or under any pressure, really. Um, but in saying that, if you make one slip against New Zealand, they do have the players to punish, but, but we didn't make those mistakes. Um, and just, like, honestly, Johnny is just a different level. Look, and I was one of the people who had written him off a couple of years ago that he wasn't going to make another World Cup, but just... You know, and, and we talk about having to give Carberry and these players more time, but even if we give them more time, they're not going to hit the level that that he's hitting at and what he brings out of other players. No matter, even if next week we start Joey, they're not. He's not going to hit that level. I just don't think he's the player that Sexton is. None of them are. What What does he have? What is the X factor that he has? So what was he doing today that nobody else can do? Yeah, look, I just think he commands it from others around him. He's really 
Adam, just his brains, his decision making, and then decision making under pressure and his skill set on that gain line of, of who to hit, when to hit them. And I just think it just gives confidence to every other player around him, which, look, they're professionals, it probably shouldn't be, but that's just how important a player he is for this squad. And every team has a player or two like that, and he's just Ireland's. I'm hearing a bit of a chicken and egg here, Fiona, what you're saying, in that our 15, when they're all fit and when they're all on form, are a match for anybody in the world. When we start getting injuries, when um, you know players are dropping out and the players coming in are not as, as good, but the, those players are caught in a catch-22 that they haven't had the, maybe the exposure at international test level to go up a level. We're in a bit of a bind here, are we? Yeah, look, but I think if you look at any team, when they lose like their top one or two players in any position, they are going to struggle. Now, the likes of New Zealand, South Africa have a wider playing base to choose from and players that are playing at a higher standard in the club game week in, week out. And we don't have that. We're not going to have that. So it's just best seeing how we can, I suppose, give these players exposure. But as I said, even giving them exposure, they're not going to hit that level. Because you're obviously you're a front row player. Uh, do you see a huge di- disparity between, say, Porter, Ka- um, Sheehan, I know today, I know Keller's not there, and, and Furlong, and the, and, and the players below them? Do you see a big, big gap, a big gulf there that would worry you, say, if Furlong gets injured, is not available, Porter's not available? Yeah, I suppose there's, first of all, the set piece, but also the, the way that Ireland are trying to play. Uh, they're trying to play with that tempo and that phase play and, and the skill set of the likes of Furlong in particular, um, and she and just such Sheen and Keller are such dynamic ball carriers that no, we probably don't have them the next level down. Um, you know, so but as I said, most teams are gonna be like that if you go two, three players deep. Um, but you know, that comes down to injuries, there's nothing you control about injuries, um, and then it's just ensuring that you do everything you can as a squad to kind of implement the game plan that you want and you know Ireland has always been exposed about this physicality piece but I think if every player is on form and hitting their top that we don't struggle we, we've beaten England when they're deemed more physical we've beaten the likes of South Africa before that are more physical so like we have it in our armour but it just means everyone hitting 100% 53106 for the text messages Colin Meads Grant Fox Sean Fitzpatrick Richie McCall your boys took one hell of a beating says one of our texters humorously mm-hmm. Another one, phenomenal achievement by the team and kudos to Farrell for the way he's made his team his own after succeeding Joe Schmidt. Next week, all the pressure will be on the All Blacks. Referee will be vital as they will come out hard and looking to hurt us, says Ian in Dublin. If you want to text us, get in the conversation with Fiona Coughlin and myself. 53106 is the text number. Andy Farrell, any time I think about this Ireland team and squad, I always think of the unity of the squad and, and Farrell has really fostered a great unity and it is his team now. Yeah, look, and we all questioned himself and Kat and what their game plan was and what they were trying to achieve in that first year after that World Cup. And it wasn't until the end of last season that we actually saw what they were trying to do. And, um, you know, it, it takes time. It takes time to go in and put your stamp on it and, and try and change the way that a team is playing. But, you know, when you hear the likes of Peter Manny and Johnny Sexton, how enjoyable camp is, and, and that's what you want. You want a happy camp. But a lot of the time um, when you win, win it, makes, it makes a happy camp. But look, he certainly has put down his stamp on that quick tempo phase play that they want to play. But they also need to be able to do, you know, the tight stuff, short stuff, the set piece is really important to the way they want to play that they launch off that. So um, he's, I just think he's done a super job and, you know, the players are responding really well to him and, and senior players that are, they're long in the tooth. They seem to be re-energised yeah, and obviously they did some work in the paddock that were, was able to fix the some certain issues from last week. 
Yeah, look, they'd have limited time on the pitch. So, you know, they might two sessions, you know, obviously they'll have the recovery and all that. So they've limited time on the pitch. So it's a lot of tactical stuff, what they do. And um, they probably looked at their scrum areas. They could be around the scrum defensive line out. I think knowing that Whitelock wasn't there, that they certainly went after New Zealand's line out, um, which they got a bit of a turn off. They messed with the first one, turned over the third one. I think they had another turnover on it. So, um, you know, just I suppose they use computers and they use analysis uh, a lot more than they probably do going on the pitch because they just can't, like particularly the three tests away from home, you want to keep players as fresh as you possibly can. Yeah, like you're in the other side of the world, South Island of New Zealand, near the Antarctic, down in Dunedin there. Um, we're speaking to Fiona Coughlin, former Grand Slam winning captain, on this Irish win, 23-12 today. England also won down in Brisbane to beat Australia. Let's hear now from Johnny Sexton. He was speaking at his press conference after the win about the improvements Ireland showed out on the pitch today. You know, we had a strong look at our defence this week and I, I thought we responded uh, really well. Um, and then obviously the other thing is the is the turnover ball. Like when at times if, if you're playing the way we do, sometimes you, you make a mistake. It's it's a, the, the transition into that. Um, you saw how dangerous they were towards the end, especially when Will Jordan came on. Um, Sevi Reese as well. Is, is, they've got electric players that, that can punish you at any time. So the way we transitioned, I thought was much better tonight. Um, and it'll be important going into into Tuesday and then into next Saturday as well. Fair play, Johnny Sexton. Speaking of turnovers there, there was Doris, I thought, was quite quiet last week. Uh, Fiona had a, a really important turnover in the first half and then that tap tackle in the second half was just when New Zealand might have got a foothold again. Yeah, we probably didn't see him carry as dynamically as normal, but as you said, those key moments within a game, uh, the turnover led to penalty three points just to keep that scoreboard ticking over and the tap ta- tackles Peter Peter Stringer-esque like just diving for it and you know they probably would have been that's one of those moments when New Zealand are at their finest when they're getting getting those line breaks and then getting the offload away and just that I, I think that they probably had players on the outside of the ball had gone but uh, Doris managed to get the tackle away and um, you know another huge performance and there's a great balance in that back row again Peter O'Mahony another player who's been written off and just his last number of games has just been Phenomenal performances from him and a, a real warrior and workhorse uh, performances. And then Josh Van Der is having the year of his life. Yeah, Manny used to do that for Munster for months. He was doing that for Munster. And you could see it like that kick. It was It's like for memes, isn't it? The kick into the corner on the outside of the boot. And then was he squaring up to Kane, I think, late on as well? Yeah, I think he, he said some uh, unsavoury words to Kane about his leadership abilities. But um, look, I think it was the latter end of the season with Munster, the Toulouse game, um, that he was really stepped it up another level. And as I said, that first involvement in the first try that he managed to stay in from touch. But he's just, he's a dog. And, you know, probably questioned about who the dog in the pack is, but he certainly is lead from the front and magical turnovers and, yeah, 50-22. Like, I'd say Johnny's a bit jealous of that one. It was, it was a nice one. <laughs> and Tyke Byrne from the get-go was, was on it as well today. Yeah, again, as I said, injured for a lot of the end of the season. Uh, probably a bit rusty last week and probably in, in a pack that probably weren't motoring too well. But that line break for the first try, he was involved numerous times off sniping runs off Sexton or, or from half. And um, yeah, he just he looks he looks fresh, even though he's been out injured. And yeah. Um, Key, key player for Ireland and you know questions asked whether he's big enough to play second row and um, whether he's the player to play but I just think what he offers around the pitch and the style that Ireland are trying to play that he's really an important player It probably has taken a while for Robbie Henshaw to show what he did on the Lions tour with, with various issues and injuries and that but today was a reminder I suppose of his supreme talent yeah, and to be fair, I thought Bundy did really well when he came in. I, I think Ringrose has been consistently good. He probably doesn't 
do a lot that stands out, but like defensively and stuff, he's so important. Ringrose has been so important for Ireland, but I thought when Aki came in and Henshaw moved out, I just thought they, they worked really well and they haven't had a huge amount of game time in, in recent uh, outings together. So, uh, you know, obviously Ringrose is out in the next game, so it looks like it would be obviously Aki and Henshaw in the centres again. So, like, even that ability to slot between 12 and 13 so seamlessly is really huge and that kind of versatility in the back line is really key for Ireland and, and important for Ireland going forward when you're looking at depth and having your best players on the pitch. Do you expect any then further changes for the team next week in uh, Wellington? No, I think he'll limit them as much as possible. We probably didn't see a huge amount of James Lowe. Right. Um, a couple of errors maybe at, at times. Yeah, I, uh, probably not the performance. You know, obviously previously we questioned James Lowe's defence. He came back, answered his critics, got involved a huge amount, not making those errors like that. You know, you forgive the knock on when we thought they were going to go in with 15, 15, 13, but probably didn't see a huge amount of him, but maybe... He'll be given he'll be given that opportunity to go and because we know what he, what he can do. But yeah, I think he'll probably keep uh, injuries or sorry changes to maybe just injury inflicted ones. What I've seen from the last two weeks is Ireland making blistering starts, and if we can do that again in the third test, that even for the All Blacks, that will pl- plant debt in their mind. You know. Yeah, not, and just kind of reducing the errors. And as Johnny said, that transition from when they do make an error to that defensive display, because the previous week, the two tries they score off the Irish errors because we just didn't react quick enough, whereas there was a quicker reaction. And obviously that's something that they worked on during the week as well. If there's one place where you uh, deserve a big win, it's Wellington, isn't it? I, 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 that, that game in 2011 against Wales is seared in my memory anyway in that World Cup um, quarterfinal. I, 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 I know we're looking historically, but there's so few, like there's such a new squad, new management and everything. I don't think they'll be looking back no, at that. No, we will though, look, we will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they'll be very much looking at what they can control and, and the game plan that they want to to to, to go into um, into this game. And, and, you know, obviously they'll look at New Zealand and the New Zealand squad, squad but like they'll have their team picked prior to who, they, who the New Zealand squad comes out. So they'll have a game plan in place to go out and beat them, hopefully. This would be our greatest achievement, would it, if we if we win down there next weekend in Wellington? Look, I think if you look at it, uh, of any teams, when was the last time there was a series win down there? Was it like 94 or something by France or someone like, you know, not many teams go down there and get get wins. And Ireland have never got a win down there. And we've only four wins against them in 100 odd year history of playing New Zealand. So, um, yeah, like it is huge. And, and particularly because it's the end of the season for Ireland. And yeah. we spoke about how tired some of these players are. And, um, shipping a couple of injuries like losing players early on you know like the likes of Kelleher Hume was obviously gone we thought he was going to have a huge part to play in this series because he's done so well this this year so um, I think that's huge in itself but then it's that we don't get stuck in that hopefully we will win that we don't get stuck in that and that's we'll have to lift it again going into the World Cup uh, a year later a year and odd later it's amazing how the narrative changes and I'm as, I'm, as gu- I'm as guilty about this as, as everybody else. I was looking at that um, second quarter last week, uh, Fiona, and I'm going, well, Ireland haven't got a prayer at the World Cup, haven't got a prayer. And then within seven days, we're talking about Ireland potentially winning the series then. And uh, what, 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 do, what do the people on the ditch know? Uh, less than yeah. yourself, uh, Fiona, anyway. I don't know, I've called it wrong a few times as well. But um, I just, I, I didn't think Ireland played hugely bad last week. And um, the scoreline I didn't think reflected the game you know just those three tries in that 10 minute period kind of killed us but to fight back in and then what with two or three tries disallowed so to stay in the fight in the second half was hugely encouraging and as I said on our day we can beat any team in the world it's just now looking for consistency but you need a bit of luck you need injuries not to get injured and um, I'm not going to say we're going to win the World Cup but we're just 
moving in the right direction. Do you feel, um, say, on that journey to France next year, that we're now a team that is set, as it were? Which mid we were set in our in our style of play, and obviously got stale, but we had fantastic success in the, the with the three championships in the Grand Slam in twenty eighteen, fell apart in twenty nineteen. It's taken a while. We're more expansive, obviously. About Gibson Park is the pivotal player. It's about quick rook speed. It's about moving the ball. It's about a t- more of an attacking, expansive game. Um, but you feel under Farrell now we're set, and it's just a case of either the performance is there or it's not. If you get me. Yeah, no, I, I think they'll continue to add layers. Um, you know, obviously they have that overall framework of quick tempo, uh, the shape that they're trying to play, but they will look to add more layers because Farrell obviously was involved in, in that management squad of where they did become stale and they didn't actually evolve and they kind of played within themselves. So I think he'll he'll look to add new things. And yeah, he's going to obviously be conscious that they are going to need to still have that as much depth as possible and as many players playing at the highest level as possible. Now, there, as I said, there's parameters around that, but he's he's going to be very conscious of it. And again, you get, we keep talking about this semi, World Cup semi-final, like, it's going to be still hugely difficult because, you know, you, you top your pool or you come second in your pool even and you're playing either New Zealand or France. So, um, and then even in your pool, yeah, South Africa, that's going to be tough. And then Scotland, you know, obviously we've a good record against Scotland, but when it comes to one-off games, could Scotland pull it out of the bag? They've done it against England. So, you know, I don't think he can look that far ahead and it, and it very much, he's going to try and get everything put in place to for them to perform and try and perform at 100% in every game. But, um, sport, it's a, it's, it's a difficult thing to yeah. perform at 100% in, a, in every game. Who are the players in the waiting room or the players you'd like to see on just on the periphery that you would like to see over the next couple of years break through? Yeah, like obviously I was excited about maybe looking at Hume coming in and, and getting some game time. Ryan Baird, whether he's going to be back row, second row option. You know, I do think we're a bit light in the front row. Obviously, um, Sheehan has come through brilliantly this year at an expense of Kelleher's injury, but that's a great battle between those two. But then when it comes depth within the props and um, you know probably not we probably just don't have that depth there and, and we're not going to create it you know we just don't have these big man mountains outside like supporter and furlong coming through and, and it's a slower process coming through as a prop and, and similarly to these big second rows that we talk about like the etzabets and those type um playing in for south africa so it's a, it's about andy farrell having that game plan in place to suit the players that he has. Um, so, yeah, the likes of Hume. Timoney, I think, has been going really well for Ulster, but that's such a competitive position to get back into that back row. Um, Joe McCarthy, I think, he's he's looked dynamic and uh, probably a little bit raw in that Mary game himself and Keane Prendergast were probably a little bit raw and went probably after a bit too much, bit probably headless chicken, but they'll probably develop nicely, get more time at club this year and, and a couple of caps maybe in the Six Nations, sorry, November internationals as well. So look, there is some quality young players coming through, but just the rate that you have to get to that level, um, I just don't think there's enough big games. Fiona Coughlin, great stuff. Grand Slam winning captain. Let's hope by this time next week we're celebrating a series win in New Zealand. Thanks so much. Cheers, bye.